What is going on? Welcome back. Season three, baby. Season three, third and 20 podcast. Three to the Training camp has started, guys. We are finally, finally fucking here. And boy, do we have an absolute ton on the agenda. We've got two full pages of notes in the notes section for this episode. Um, I would like to preface this by saying... These are reactionary takes. We're not going to agree with everything that we've seen in here. We'll try to to decipher some of the stuff, but everything that is on the dock, we have seen from the beat reporters, right? We are getting all of these sources from all of the beat reporters from around the league and the little highlight videos they post and, and things of that nature, right? So what's going on, guys? How are we doing? Oh, it is great to be back. We're another week closer to NFL preseason, NFL regular season. We got training camp news. It is a good day. Yeah, the season feels closer. Like, I so, feel like as of the last two weeks, view this far away, but we're only like one month away now. Isn't there a game like Thursday or is that next Yeah, Thursday? no, there is a game Thursday. It's a Hall of Fame game. I think it's the uh, Raiders and somebody. The Jags. the Jags, but they yeah, already said, but... which is kind of annoying, that um, Trevor and ETN both won't be playing in it. I don't know on the Raiders side what they're going to do, but I kind of expected that. All right, lads. So let's get into it. Crack open a nice cold one. Let's get ready to talk about some fresh juice. Or a diet snapple. Or a diet snapple. All right, let's start off. What's going on, Skull Dynasty? Yeah, speaking of the Mac Jones dad bod that is over JT right now for his picture, we've got the New England Patriots. We are going to start it off with the players that have been receiving hype. And because it's training camp, it's just about everyone. But the first off, Tyquan Thornton and um, what's that dude that came from the Dolphins? Devontae Parker, apparently both having very good camps so far. I've seen a lot of other stuff on a lot of the other Patriots receivers, but mainly Tyquan Thornton and Devontae Parker are the two guys that seem to be really taking advantage of camp thus far. Um, I personally think I'm a little bit higher on Tyquan Thornton than before. I mean, he's someone that I didn't necessarily love pre-draft, but I thought he was fine. You know, I think we all agreed that for the price you were getting him at in drafts, it was pretty good, right? Guy with second-round draft capital, it was consistently falling to the third. I think I am personally higher on him than before with these reports and what I've been seeing, but I'm curious to to hear what you guys have to say. Um, yeah, I have to agree ahead. on that one just because, like, I, he's a guy that I picked up in a lot of rookie drafts in the third round, just like you talked about, and I was kind of worried. Everyone thought it was kind of a reach for the Patriots to take this guy in the second round just based off pretty much his 40 time. Um, that's really what, you know, jolted him up these boards, and – uh, just to see him actually producing and gaining chemistry with Mac Jones, being on the field with the ones is something you want to see from a guy that got this second round draft capital, even though you had some concerns about it being a reach and his skill set really fitting in with this Patriots offense. Um, in terms of Devontae Parker, though, I mean, he, I kind of expected it. I don't think you go out and give up a third round pick if you're Bill Belichick. He's very you know, savvy, always likes to get as many picks as possible, doesn't really give them away for no reason. And he goes out and gets Devontae Parker, a guy that he's played twice a year for the past five, six seasons with him in Miami. And I just think he definitely had a role for him, and I think that's just what we're seeing moving forward in camp here. 
I think Parker's pretty much locked in as one of those starting outside receivers. I mean, talent has never really been Parker's issue. It's mostly just been like one inconsistency, obviously, but the bigger part is injuries because he's always like battling injuries throughout the season. So we'll see if he can stay healthy this year. He had that one great year in Miami in 2019, I want to say. I don't think he's going to get back to that ever again. But I think he can give you like a solid flex player year if he stays healthy. As for Taekwon, um, I won't repeat too much because I pretty much agree with everything you guys said. I became higher on him once. Like, if Belichick's investing a second-round pick into someone, I know everyone's just going to point to, oh, well, he did a first for Nikhil Harry. He did give also Nikhil Harry every chance to succeed with the starters. Um, and Taekwon, he's already getting the first-team reps. I'd be encouraged. I thought getting him anywhere in the third round was a great pick. So outside of Taekwon Thornton and, and Devontae Parker, and I've seen, like, um, a couple of the back-end guys doing all right as well, is there any concern for a guy like Jacoby Myers right now with the Patriots? A little bit. Like, how many how many receivers do we think Mac Jones can support in fantasy? And along with Hunter Henry's his favorite red zone target, at least last season he was. And he's still there. He's healthy. He'll be there. Um, so I do have some concern. Maybe, like, Taekwon, isn't, uh, Taekwon Thornton isn't ready right away. Parker deals with some injury issues, and you can see some weeks he does really well. But, like, I, if, if like, Thornton, Parker, Myers, Henry are all healthy, I don't feel great about having Myers as, like, a set-in starter entering the season if I'm trying to compete. Uh, he's someone I'd more so like to rotate in for injuries and bye weeks. I don't feel great if he's my starting flex receiver uh, if I'm trying to compete th- this season. You, you, you just guys? agree, Jake? Yeah, I mean, listen, all these Pats receivers are, you know, have their ceiling capped. I think this team's going to run the ball a whole lot. Yep. You're going to see a lot of Ramondre Stevenson, a lot of uh, Damian Harris, maybe mixing uh, the rookies they got, Pierre Strong and, and Kevin Harris. So I, I just, I think this team is going to do, you know, give everything for Mac Jones to succeed. But I think that's just going to be a more of a, not a game manager role, but not expecting him to do too much. I think they're going to open the playbook a little bit from compared to last season, and that's why they went out and added guys like Devontae Parker and Tyquan Thornton, you know, get that deep ball threat that they really were missing last year. Um, but I don't expect this Pats offense to change significantly, put it that way. All right, I guess the next topic of business is um, going into the Jaguars training camp. Snoop Connor, Travis Etienne, and Christian Kirk have kind of been the three big stars right now in that training camp. Outside of Trevor Lawrence, it looks like Trevor Lawrence is having a pretty darn good training camp as well. But for the most part, um, every single Jags running back seems to be trending up, which isn't going to last forever, but every single one of those players has been getting a lot of traction. And then Christian Kirk seems to be a guy that is being used all over the field and is getting a plethora of targets compared to the other receivers right now in Jags camp. I I'm mean, not... go ahead, yeah. Jake. I've been uh, against a lot of these guys for a while. I mean, I, I just think they went out and overpaid Christian Kirk. I don't think he's a guy that's really going to succeed trying to be that number one guy. I understand he had a solid year in Arizona, but that was always just, as the number two guy, whether that's behind DeAndre Hopkins or whatever it may be. Um, and then ETN and Snoop Connor, listen, you're forgetting James Robinson, who's also got a little bit of camp hype this week. He's been healthy. He's been playing with the ones. He's been 
the starting running back really during camp. So to come out and, you know, expect ETN to immediately take over that job and even have Snoop Connor just be a handcuff even is, uh, is a, a stretch for me. I think James Robinson's going to get more, atten- uh, more run in this offense than people think. And I've said, I, I continue to say that just because he's a good running back. He's had 2000 yard seasons. Is, I, I mean, I think he was on, or he was on pace for it last year before he got hurt. So like, I, 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 I was a, not a James Robinson fan come when he was an, you know, undrafted free agent. Uh, and uh, he's just proved me wrong step uh, time and time again. So I'm going to, I'm done disbelieving in him. And I just think it, people have to realize James Robinson's a good football player and he's going to get his, his fantasy points despite who's there. I, I'm not still a believer in James Robinson, uh, especially coming off that injury. I, I'm, I'm buying some of these. I, I like his, I, his injuries. I, we've seen guys come back from quicker than we've seen guys that have, have had ETN's injuries. So that's fair. The, inju- and the injury thing is is whatever to me. That leads to my next point. I, right now with ETN, like just his first fully healthy training camp coming back from the, uh, when he suffered his injury, um, I, I don't really care too much at this point about the ones and twos reps. I think I care more so about like the reporter saying like, oh, he looks healthy. And we'll obviously have to see that like in games if he does look healthy. But I think if he is, he's no like disrespect to James Robinson. But if ETN's healthy from what he was in college, he's the more talented running back in multiple facets. I, I just think he's the better one. I think if he is healthy, he's going to eventually take the starting job. I don't know when it'll be. Uh, Lawrence and him already have um, chemistry, especially in the receiving game, which ETM projected to be a good receiving back in the NFL coming out. I think that's the only thing for me with ETM. I only care about if he looks fully healthy. The rest, I think, like the starting reps, they'll they'll eventually come. How do you feel, Frank? Well, hold on. I'm trying to pull up the right team. This isn't the right team. But, um, man, I I feel like it's really no surprise what we're seeing here because – the, the more we see all these different running backs getting hyped because they all seem to be trending up, the more it reminds me of this classic Doug Peterson Eagle-style football team where you have a, a rotation of running backs. Not to say that they won't be productive because this could be a team that, that uses their running backs in a lot of different ways. We saw how Darren Sproles was good on the Eagles in the passing game, and we saw how guys like um Jordan, Jordan Howard. Howard at times and like a whole bunch of random ass running backs Jay Ajayi um, all of them yeah Same like here. just tons and tons of different running backs have like decent success not necessarily that they're out here RB1s of fantasy football but definitely playable players and then you have that like one good receiver um that just to me seems to be what this this offense is shaping up to be so the more I see the the hype around the running backs, the more I feel that their upsides are are down from what I thought before. And I think that this might just be bad news for everyone not named Christian Kirk that's a receiving option. Um, just because I, I'm not really sure how much we can trust the consistency of this passing game and just the consistency of the targets, especially if a guy like ETN is going to soak up a good amount of targets. Christian Kirk looks like he's going to soak up a good amount of targets. As of right now, they've been rotating tight ends. I, and I wouldn't be surprised if they rotate a lot of their their receiver sets as well. So even though I love guys like Zay Jones and 
you know, Treadwell started playing well last year, and you have um, yeah, you have Chanel, and then you got that dude, um, Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones. It's like oh, I forgot. Yeah, he's there too. I, I just the more I look at it, the more I don't want any of these receiving options, um, which is a little bit different than before. I thought maybe coming to the season that that there might be value here, but the only one I want is named Christian Kirk. The other ones I'll probably sell at cost if possible. Yeah, and the last comment I want to make on ETN, I do agree with the rotating backs. So I, James Robinson will be a presence in the rushing game. Where I feel kind of encouraged about ETN, especially in half PPR or full PPR leagues. Um, Doug Peterson has always used running backs in the receiving game. We saw it with um, Darren Sproles, Boston Scott. If you remember, like, the one-year stint of Corey Clement, he randomly went off in the Super Bowl, but, like, he was used in the receiving game. I don't see any of those other running backs being, like, decent receivers, uh, unless James Robinson can show that he can be. But So I think a lot of those uh, routes and reps are going to go to ETM. I think that's where you can get uh, decent value with him. But we have to see. He has to be fully healthy. He could easily have a DeAndre Swift-esque type of season where a lot of like that him and Jamal Williams. I think it's a good, good But he's not really the greatest runner in terms of efficiency between the tackles, but he's still able to have a pretty solid fantasy output. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I wouldn't really be shocked at that. But problem is that, that the price is high. It's not like you're getting yeah. ETN any sort of discount. you got to pay up essentially top 10 running back price to acquire him from anyone in your leagues which i'm just not comfortable doing right now i'm not going out and buying him it's just more so like if i have him i feel pretty decent about it but i'm not he's not like a buy for me right now i want to wait and just see how his value goes yeah, it's, it's just the time to buy is passed up it feels yeah. like the price has just it, gotten it too high the hype is too out of control um joe herbert what's going on dude um all right let's get into it the steelers rookie receivers Mainly, George Pickens is looking like the dude. He's been getting a lot of hype, um, making a ton of plays, looking really physical like we saw at Georgia. And at the same time, Calvin Austin, the other rookie receiver, has also been getting a little bit of hype, um, looking really shifty, uh, being involved in a lot of those uh, Matt Canada classic jet sweeps and little, little things of that nature. So as of right now, and once again, this is early, but it looks like the Steelers found more gold in the middle rounds with their receivers. Yeah, like they this is nothing. This is this is nothing new. <laughs> We've seen this year in and year out with the Steelers and drafting wide receivers. My guy George Pickens looks like an absolute stud. So yeah, I'm really pissed off. I don't have any shares of George Pickens. Um, I have the like price is just five. Crazy. I have so many. Yeah, I I wanted to acquire him early in the offseason, too. It's just I felt like all those late firsts, like I didn't have any of those pick eight to tens. I was either 11 or I traded up from 11 to get a guy like Traylon. I feel like that's what happened every time. Would you guys rather have Sky Moore or Pickens right now? Pickens. I mean, it was always Pickens for me. I, I took him Yeah, up. yeah, no, you've been consistent with that. Oh, that's tough, dude. That is, it's hard for me right now. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna lean talent, I'm gonna lean Pickens. So I actually I think I am. I I I like both, dude. This receiver class looks insane. I'm just gonna come it out does. and say this receiver we, class. We haven't even seen at least who I think is talent wise the most talented receiver in the draft play yet. Uh, in training camp, Jamison Williams. But like. Me. 
All the, all the receivers. Did you see Drake London play football? I watched Drake yes. London look great as well. He's look good. He's look good. Um, I, I don't think it'll be bad. I just, I just think Jameson Williams is a beast, and we haven't even seen him yet. So, but yeah, I, I am definitely higher on Pickens and um, and Calvin Austin a little bit. I mean, I'm not really looking to go out and acquire Calvin Austin. He's just one of those players where it's like some of those later round guys. It's just a little bit too much to get the dude to move off of him. And yeah. a lot of those scenarios, it's like, oh, well, he's probably worth a fourth, but who's going to trade him for a fourth? And do I really want to give up a third? Probably not. So, yeah. But George Pickens, I'm going to try and acquire, even if his price has gone up at Good Lunas. Luck. Yeah, I meant to give back. I would Good I luck. <laughs> um, yeah, it's him? like from Taken. Good luck. After he does the whole <laughs> spiel on the phone. Um, all right, next next topic, Trey Lance, Brandon Ayuk. As of right now, the stars of the show from 49ers camp outside of Debo Samuel signing that new deal. So impromptu Debo Samuel, he's fine. Woohoo! yeah, he, he's going to be running back he, again. Yeah, I was going to say he, did, <laughs> he dismissed the rumors about like the running back stuff. That he didn't want to get as many carries. He came out and said well, like he's like, because you see I, I what they did. You see yeah, what how convenient did, right? was that, right? You get yeah. paid, you have the running incentives, and all of a sudden he's he's, he's, he's okay, okay to with be running, running back. back again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just good for Debo like, owners. Any anyone who has Debo, you should just be rooting for him to get as many touches as possible, whether it's catches or runs. He's so explosive. Yeah. Um all right, but yeah, Trey Lance apparently has been I feel like at first seen- people were saying he was struggling, but then the past couple practices, everyone's been like, oh, my God, did you see this throw from Trey Lance to yeah. Brandon I mean, like, to, to me, all these reports on Trey Lance, you're going to see both. You're going to see the good, the bad, and the ugly for, from him. Like, you're just going to get the, you know, rookie mistakes. You're going to see the yeah. bad interceptions. You're going to see the crazy plays where he flashes his legs. You're going to see the crazy plays where he flashes his arm. It's just going to be the ups and downs of Trey Lance, and I think you're going to see this all the way through the season, and I don't think that means anything towards his fantasy value, honestly. So I agree, and the last quick thing I want to say on Lance, because the kind of negative about him this training camp has been the reports like, oh, he's throwing, he's throwing some interceptions. Like We've seen this with young quarterbacks. I remember when everyone was panicking on Mahomes because Mahomes was kind of throwing a ton of picks in his first training camp at the start. Now, I'm not saying Trey Lance is Mahomes, obviously, at all. But I'm saying, like, this kind of happens with young quarterbacks. Also, he's going against a really fucking good defense every day in practice. 49ers defense is one of the best. Top defense in the league. Yeah, so it's it's not like he's going against some scrubs. I think the thing to me that's the most encouraging is that they are – like, Jimmy G is, like, not practicing. They are all in on training – it's uh, not I mean, like Jimmy G, I'm pretty sure, is hurt, but still, yeah. No, but, like, the coaches come out, and he's like, I told Jimmy, Trey's our guy. He knows Trey's our guy. Trey's knows yeah, he's the, our guy. I, I think, like, her – this is a classic Jimmy G, like, okay, maybe I'm not a 1,000%, so I'm just not going to risk anything. If this was a quarterback competition and he had a, a legit chance to start, he'd be out there trying to trying to win the job. Yeah. So I just think the fact that – Jimmy G knows it's time to move on. The coaching staff is full in on Lance. It's not one of these scenarios where it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to play the best quarterback, even though Trey Lance might be the shoe. No, there's none of that. It is full-on transparent. Trey Lance is the starter. It's This is Trey Lance's team now. Um, there, There is no competition. So I think that that – obviously that was the expectation, but the fact that we're really seeing it is pretty encouraging. Um, if you're a Trey Lance owner, roster, fan, whatever. Um, all right, going into Giants camp, 
it's been the small shifties that have been getting all the hype. Um, Carderis, Tony, Wandell Robinson, the two dudes that uh, at first it was Wandell Robinson getting all the hype into OTAs and then into training camp. And then today and yesterday, Carderis, Tony, I mean, you could look over Twitter yourself. It's just highlight after highlight after highlight with him. Um, he seems to be starting to get into that unguardable territory. Um, <laughs> Not lying. Dude, I don't have a ton of Tony, right? I don't have a ton of Tony, just like I don't have a ton of Wandale. I am very much more confident in Tony and potentially looking to acquire more of him. I would. I mean, I said this last year's rookie year. Um, it was never like, I mean, when he played, it was it was really only an injury concern for him last season. I think he would have had one of the better rookie campaigns if he was able to stay healthy because the times he played, he looked good. He looked like nearly impassable, nearly impossible to tackle uh, once he had the ball in his hands. Um Talent-wise, he was like I know people were to kill the pick, but he was a first-round talent. Um, I I would be excited. For me, the only thing with Tony is just staying healthy because we've seen like these injury concerns, and I think that's a legitimate concern for him, and it is priced in. But talent-wise, between the two, like I like Wandale, but still, just like I hate to bring up the stereotypical talking point, but it's, man, five seven is tough. Um, you want to know what the problem for me is? It's just the price. Not that he's like mm-hmm. very pricey or anything. There's definitely a ton of upside. But who the, who costs more right now between the two? You think between him, Tony, Tony and Tony, Tony easily, Tony, Tony easily. Yeah. Um, but I'm not really look. I listen. I got my shares of Wandale. I got a couple of them. If if he's good, he's good. If not, whatever. Um, I'm not looking to acquire more of him. With Tony, I think the problem is right. So he's priced at thirty six hundred about and keep trade cut. Basically the same price as Brandon Cooks, slightly under Hunter Renfro, and then right above Claypool, Watson, D-Hop, Kirk, Michael Thomas, Gallup. Okay, just erase Claypool, Watson, Hopkins from the equation. I might honestly just rather have Kirk, Michael Thomas, and Gallup just for the consistency factor, especially once we factor in the cost and the fact that they are definitely a tier below Tony in terms of price. And then once we start to go more towards the guy that he's ranked around, I per- this might be a hot take. I'd rather have Hunter Renfro. I think Hunter Renfro is going to come out here and have another 1,000-yard season. Um, uh, and I think for the fact uh, of the matter is, is that I'd have an easier time trading for Renfro than I would Tony. You would. I mean, that part's true. Absolutely. Uh, I just think when you look at the ceilings of the two, like – there, there's a chance if there's a chance if he says if you told me right now he's going to stay healthy, I'll tell you Tony's going to lead the Giants in catches and targets this year. Yeah, congratulations! On I, I don't what think could Renfro... easily be one of the worst passing offenses in the league. Hey, 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 hey! <laughs> <laughs> the problem no, with Tony but... and Robinson is Jones. I mean, you're not wrong, Joe Herbert. You're, you're not, not wrong. wrong but like, no, no, no. What, what about what no, happens no, no. when they draft Bryce Young next season? What happens then? I mean, I'm okay with that, but that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so you're agreeing with me because if they're going to draft Bryce Young, they're about to be the worst team in the league, all right? They're, they're going to be in no position to draft Bryce Young, let's Don't be honest. do they have two they're... firsts? No. Oh, that was oh. a recent draft they had two firsts. Yeah, they had two okay, firsts. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, they're just going to be bad. They'll be close. Maybe Stroud. No, they're not going to be that bad. <laughs> Giants are going to have like six, seven wins. That's not good, but it's not it's not number one pick. It's not I like I like like their new coach, so I mean we'll see. Um the one thing I will take away from this this Giants news is first off, I like both Tony and 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 Wandale in this offense. Looking at this offense, I think 
we're going to see something that we haven't seen from the Giants in, in, a, in a while. Um, and that's just motion in the offense. There's been clips on, on Twitter and on the internet and every, every which way of just people are moving on this formation up until snap. And that's just something we really didn't see from Jason, the Jason Garrett, Freddie Kitchens offenses. They just lined up and snapped the ball which is not how the NFL, you know, runs nowadays. You watch the Chiefs and you watch all the Bills and all the top offenses in the league. They're getting motion and they're getting people mismatches that they want. And I think they're going to use that to get Wandale and Tony the ball. And and Saquon, obviously, is going to get his touches. And I think the guy that really is going to be left out of this, and it's turning out to look like one of the worst signings I've ever seen, is, 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 is Kenny Galladay. Yeah, yep. I think he's going to be the odd man out here. I just think they clearly have a vision of what they want this offense to be. It's a lot of motion, a lot of quick screens, a lot of quick slants, and and that fits Wandale and Tony. Mm-hmm. So, like, I just think the, the Kenny Galladay outside big target is going to be underutilized, and he's a guy that I'm not happy if I really have, to be honest. I just think my problem with the Giants, my last point in the Giants, is that I feel like there's just a big difference in the way that I feel like Daniel Jones should be used and what Brian Dable is going to want to run and what the Giants should do based on their personnel. Because, like, okay, if you spread the ball out and have Daniel Jones throw a bunch of quick passes like he did at Duke, okay, fine, I could see that working, right, and just kind of go dinky-dunky, we have a halfway decent running game, fine. But the problem is is that I'm just not confident enough in Daniel Jones to, to consistently throw the ball medium and downfield when we have a lot of receivers running patterns. I think that that's just something he's historically struggled with, which means... I want to see the Giants run the ball. You know, you just spent a a good draft pick on a guy like Evan Neal. You have Saquon. You know, apparently the offensive line should be actually good this year for once in the Giants' lifetime. We have the tackles and we have the the guards. I I do agree with you, Frank, though. And I think that's going to kind of be the philosophy. I mean, I think the... Everyone knows in the building Daniel Jones isn't the long-term guy. He's going to start this year, but I think they know going forward Dave's going to get The problem is I think they I, will win enough games to not be in those those picks where you're going to get Stroud or Bryce Young without a significant they, trade-off. They and it has up, to be though. said, Daniel Jones did play really well last year, but I just hurt, but you yeah. have to see it for a full season because we saw Jared Goff play well for the first four games of the season. But yeah, um, but kind of going to you, Dan Jones, I do think that's going to be a lot of the philosophy would not ask him to push the ball down the field that much because I mean, like we saw they have one guy in Tony where it's like you can get the ball to this guy short and he'll make a play and they drafted another one of those guys in Wanda Robinson and we've seen you know, kind of like the possession receiver 50-50 ball Galladay kind of like not getting as much um attention and like huge plays in training camp so i think wandell and tony are a huge part of the giants plan with that kind of that philosophy of what daniel jones did at duke well yeah uh, that's with- that's i mean going back to piling on to kenny galladay I, I guess we could save kenny galladay for later but um because we are going to talk about him in the struggle section um yeah. uh, this could be a quick one lamar apparently looks best throwing the ball that he ever has i don't really think this is a surprise this guy's been working no. on his throwing mechanics for the past couple of years um i actually saw some he does look a lot better throwing the ball i mean i think he did last year though for for the most part so 
yeah, it's yeah Lamar, Lamar, I think is I mean, if he stays healthy, he's can easily end up the QB one this season. Yeah, no um, this is an interesting one. KJ Osborne apparently locked into the wide receiver three spot as of right now from the Vikings beat reporters. It's a clear, um, obviously Justin Jefferson one, Thielen two, Osborne three, Amir Smith Marset four. Apparently, that's the very clear defined wide receiver depth chart and i mean listen obviously it could change but that's what it is right now but the interesting thing for a guy like osborne he was sneaky productive last year especially because the people that picked him up basically picked him up for free yep and apparently the vikings are going to be running a lot more three receiver sets and potentially more which could mean that a guy like osborne and a more pass-oriented offense He's lining up on the field more. Adam Thielen maybe getting just less targets than he has historically. This could mean that KJ Osborne is like a sneaky little flex buy. I actually agree with you, and I think part of it is because obviously, like we've everyone say, oh, Thielen's getting up there in age. Like, do we feel confident he's going to play 16, 15 plus games this year? I'd probably say he's good for maybe 11, 12. Like. It, once once those wide receivers start to get like 32, 33, and we've seen like some injury history, it's hard to depend on them for a full season. I think when Thielen does play, he's going to be productive. Um, but for like weeks, weeks he misses, and um, they're running more three wide receiver sets. RIP the uh, Irv Smith Jr. train. It's been at the station hey, for like five hey. years. It <laughs> hasn't gone off. Just been chilling he's, there. At the do you know he's still 23 years old? No, <laughs> my dude's been 23 for the past five years. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not. I don't know. I don't know if it's happening with Irv Smith Jr. Uh, there are some other young tight ends that I think could break out, but I don't know if he's going to be one of them. Um, so I like Osborne. It just depends on the price. Like, can you get him for like, I don't know what? I, ideally, you'd, like you'd pay a him. third. But I was going to say you'd like to buy him for only a third. But if you have Osborne, are you selling him for like a three hundred three? Yes, I pick. I you mean, maybe you could that. try a pick swap if if you can't. But at that point, I'm not sure it's worth it because you'd have. I, I, I mean, Dick says he I, would throw Osborne for an early third. It, it, I don't. I'm never been on the KJ Osborne train. He's the third guy in the uh, third receiving receiver, let alone the tight end, the running backs. I on a team that is going to give Dalvin Cook 15 to 20 touches a game. It's it's just stupid. It, there's not enough to go around here. Guess who is Lamar know. in the third and 20 league? This guy. All right, all right. Quick little victory lap there. Darnold lit it up for the first three weeks last year. Yeah, add him to the list of guys that just light it up first four weeks of the season and then oh disappear. It was so funny. As, as soon as his McCaffrey dump-off wasn't available to him anymore, Donald just plummeted. I remember the specific. It was the Houston game. And then from there, it just went downhill. <laughs> Smith-Marset injury decided the wide receiver role, but Osborne earned it. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like Smith-Marset, though, so... I feel like that's a little bit of slander on my guy there, Joe Herbert. So I'm not really too much of a fan of that. Um, Zamir White. Right, we've actually got the tweet here. Um, let me pull this up. Bada bing, bada boom. Oh, this is... Hold on a second. Hold on, hold on. I don't know if you guys also just got the alert, but I thought that one about the Jets was kind of interesting if you want to talk about it later. No, I didn't... Nah, nah. With Hold Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson. Oh, oh, oh. oh my God, I'm struggling. You can do it. Me, uh, no. Jake, 
Jake and I can start on Samir White while you're pulling that up. If you All want. right, boom. Yeah, you can. Uh, yeah, so Zamir White, he's actually someone that Jake and I have kind of liked. I forgot if, I know JT didn't really like him. I forgot if Frank did. Oh, uh, I remember was hot and cold. Uh, I, I wasn't was really huge on. on. I think he's a good talent. He's just, I just don't like the, the I, I think he's just a liability in the passing games. All right, here we go. I finally have it. Rookie running back Zamir White has impressed after missing the first two days of camp with an undisclosed injury. Quote, he's tough. He has good contact balance. And you could see the growth in new system. Running backs coach Kennedy Palomalu said. Shout out Palomalu. Like so I know Jake was the big Zamir White guy here. It's a running back room that seems a little bit crowded because you have both the guys from last year in Josh Jacobs and um and what's his name? Uh Kenny Drake there. But at the same time, they, you know, they didn't give Josh Jacobs that fifth-year option. It feels yeah. like Kenyon Drake could be a guy that just gets phased out of the offense, especially if Zamir like, – Zamir White's got a chance to earn some reps in this offense. No one's going to doubt that. Are you buying into this hype, or do you think this is bait? Uh, I am buying into it, but it depends on how far the hype has gone. Um, like, because some people start to get, like, overboard with it, especially with rookie running backs during training camp because everyone's looking for the next – uh breakout running back i do think it's kind of legit to warrant it first off i don't i don't give a fuck about Kenyon drake uh, i could give it like whether he's on the roster or not uh i think if they felt that good about him they wouldn't have drafted zamir white in the what round third or fourth i fourth. forgot no we're right they hit that rage yeah i think it was yeah but uh, i i don't think he's really a factor i think it's gonna be josh Jacobs is obviously gonna be the main starter but you look at things like didn't extend him. How many teams are paying running backs who like aren't like that superstar tier or that star tier? Like if you're kind of one of the meddling middle ones, you usually won't get a big second contract unless you're willing to come back for cheap. Um, and I think that was part of them drafting Zamir White, uh, kind of anticipating that, which I think is interesting for him because it's like if Josh Jacobs leaves in free agency, I think he'll have like a decent role where he get touches every game this year as the number two guy. And maybe if Josh Jacobs misses a couple games, we'll get to see him full on. But I'm more interested in, like, next season, there's still going to be Derek Carr, Waller, Renfro, and Devontae, Adam, um, Devontae Adams there. It's going to be a high-scoring offense. So, like, the starting running back who's going to get, and we know they love to use their backs, like, once they're inside the 10-yard line, the starting running back for that team holds legit value to me. Um, so that's where Zamir White is, like, pretty interesting to me this season. Well, he not could easily transition forward. into the handcuff-to-own role as well. Like, I let's say Josh Jacobs already. goes down. Yeah, I think um, he is already. The handcuff tone. Zamir has the fourth best running back size slash speed score at the combine. I mean, yeah, the dude had a ridiculous combine, and no one's going to doubt his athletic ability. I'm just concerned about the fact that I don't think he's gonna, he's useful at all in the passing game. But what was Jacobs though? He's a, he's fine. He's not. Uh, That's my. I just think. I think he was really, low key nice in the passing game, Jacobs see last the, year. See, the thing was, I think Zamir White in the passing game, he's not good. Don't get me wrong, but I think he was also taken off the field because they had a guy in James Cook at Georgia. That, that is just, true. I'll give you that. That was just better than him, much better than him in the passing game, which is, you know, it's obviously a knock on on Zamir White here, but I do think he can develop a little bit. Not, not never be a fantastic in the passing game back, but good enough to be on the field. Um, am I reading into this? I, yes and no. I, I think the big thing that you see from this is he's back on the field. And he only missed the first two days of camp. 
I think that's the, the bigger news here. I think, you know, a rookie running back missing time is just a, a recipe for disaster. So I'm just happy he's back on the field getting reps. Coach likes what he sees so far. Um, I do think he eventually is the handcuff to own here. Um, potentially by the end of the season, morphing into a, a one. Well, are you, know, you are you tangibly higher on him now than before with this training camp hype? Mm, I, I was just high on him entering training camp. Yeah, the, I'm, the I was always high on Zamir White. I, I had him as my running back four in this class. Um, so I, I just kind of am the same on him, but good to see him on the field. Looking you, to acquire I, more shares? So depending on the price, I thought what was an interesting question, it was posed in the Dynasty subreddit, is those tier two running backs in this year's rookie class, like we got um, James Cook, uh, Damian Pierce, Zamir White, and uh, Spiller. Uh, I think it was Rashad there's, there's White or Spiller. Yeah, Rashad White, Spiller. You could probably throw, yeah, yeah. Like um, those tier two guys. Where does he rank among those? Because I saw some people saying first. I, think, I, I, I don't I, have him at first. I think he's towards the bottom of the that, of the, that the tier. Of guys. I don't know necessarily the bottom of the pack, just because. Here's the thing. When we're talking about these types of running backs, for me, no matter what, for any of these guys to become relevant, th there needs to be an injury, right? Because you look yeah. at a lot of these guys, they're, they're behind pretty established RB1s. Yeah, they'll get some Besides maybe Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce now. might be the only yeah, one. Yeah, outside of Damian Pierce, right? And in terms of a, a running back that's good enough to get a consistent enough volume to play if the number one goes down... I will actually give that to Zamir White. I think the guy could be pretty decent. He could be a guy that gets that 10 to 15 carries a game. Um, maybe a reception or two if you're lucky. I don't think so. Maybe if you're lucky. And can can be halfway decent. But I just think that his upside is so much lower than a lot of the other Tier 2 running backs. And that's why I'm not going to go out there and acquire him. But he is a lot cheaper than those guys. It has to be said, in your rookie drafts, he's not going inside the top two rounds of a rookie draft. You are no, getting yeah, him the, in the, round the, three, probably. Yeah, the fact that we put him in the same tier as James Cook, and James Cook in a lot of drafts is going, like, at the... I, yeah, I saw him go round. late first relatively consistently, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah by, exactly. by the end, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not tangibly higher on him, but I, could, I guess I could see if you are. Um, all right, let's move into the Packers training camp. So Packers training camp, probably one of the more interesting receiver battles going on in the offseason. As of right now, the, the, I guess there's the top three, it seems like, and Romeo Dobbs, Alan Lazard, and Randall Cobb are running with the ones. I have been seeing Sammy Watkins get a little bit of hype, but he's been running with the twos. Amari Rogers is, I guess, nowhere to be found. <laughs> Um, which I think is something to be expected as long as Randall Cobb is there. That role in the slot that you you would probably plop him in is just not going to be there. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, dude, I am like Alan Lazard. Injury? Yeah, he's he's been hurt. He has like a hamstring thing. Okay. Um, but a lot of like, I mean, he was. We were going to go into the fallers later. Spoiler alert: He's kind of on there. Um, but Romeo Dobbs, see the the hype train seems to be continuing with him. But to me. It's Alan Lazard. It's Alan Lazard. I've wanted to acquire him in leagues. I've, I've been sending out some trade offers. I think I acquired him in one. Um, I'm going to continue to look to acquire him, even though his price has gone up a little bit. I, I listen, I'm buying into the hype. I know JT is is cringing somewhere, wherever he is, but I, I want Alan Lazard. I want more of him. I'm completely bought into this hype. 
I am with you, and I do think even though he's gotten more hype and his prices went up a little bit, I still think now is you can still get him because I think once the regular season starts and you see week one, he maybe has like six for 86 and a touchdown or something, then his price skyrockets. At that point, it's too late. And there's still a large um, portion of the Dynasty community. Like I've seen this sentiment shared a lot online, calling him this year's Marquez Callaway. Um, I have seen that as well. Yeah, no, they've all been calling him that. So there are still, I think Lazard is more talented than Callaway. I thought Lazard entering like his season as the wide receiver one had shown more than Callaway had entering his season as the wide receiver one. Um, I still like him. I, what's his price now still? It's like maybe. Um, so he was pretty second. attainable for a 23 second. It definitely depend on the person, but that was his price. He's now creeping up to where he could be out of the range of if you have a, like a projected mid to late 23 seconds, he's probably out of there. But if you have what's seen as a middle of the park, random 23 second, he definitely still is attainable. Um, he's he's approaching like 2,900 close to on keep trade cut, which is still decently below guys like Michael Thomas, Christian Kirk. Um, even Gallup, right? Gallup is is hovering right below three thousand. So he is behind a lot of those what are seen as high upside wide receiver twos. I'd say that Alan Lazard right now is like the premium wide receiver three in Dynasty, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, um, would I, you rather have like... Jones, Dylan, or Tanyan? That is it. Aaron Jones, Dylan, or Tanya, like in Dynasty or for next season? I mean, I think I have the same answer for both. I, it's Aaron, Aaron Jones, Jones for all. Yeah, it's probably Aaron Jones. Um, he's, I just think that he's just too good. Yeah, he's been like a top ten RB the past two, three years. He's twenty six, which I know people get worried, but he's a receiving back. He's not really a guy that depends on like between the tackle carries. That can go to Dylan and Jones. People think Jones may lead the Packers in like catches this year with how bad the receiving core is. So Yeah, I just think that Jones is Jones is seen as one of those dudes I feel like where he's got like one season left and I just am not really sure that's true. So I'll buy him at that price. Um sorry, I kind of cut you off there. Did you have a a take you wanted to say on Lazard? Uh I lost my train of thought on the Oh yeah, no. At the price he is right now, I like uh buying that price. Once we get into like it takes like 112, 201, 202. I'm not paying that for Lazard. I think yeah, if I think, it gets I to think that range fair. for the 23 draft, I'm not doing that. I'd be willing All to right. give it like a middle second throw and a late third, but that's about it. All right, now what about a guy like Romeo Dobbs? I think we've all He's kind of set our spiel on Randall Cobb. We're at, like, I mean, I, I'm a big Randall Cobb guy. I picked him up before the, the training camp in a lot of leagues. So we've kind of been over him. But Romeo Dobbs is, a, is another guy that's receiving a lot mm-hmm. of hype. Um a pretty underrated rookie prospect, but I feel like he was that guy that kind of like a Taekwon Thornton. Almost everyone agreed that he was underpriced, right? Going in into this season. I guess you had the Christian Watson truthers thinking that Christian Watson would be hundred percent the dude. And obviously he's not practicing. So it's hard to completely buy into the Romeo Dobbs hype, but considering the fact that it's just been an uptick ever since OTAs, I, I'm a little bit higher on Romeo Dobbs than I was before. I do have a, a decent amount of shares in my leagues. I was thinking about looking to sell, but I think I'm just going to hold. I, I think Dobbs is a guy where the hype has kind of grown so much that he's just in that. If you have him, you're going to hold him. If you're going to sell him, you're going to ask for a lot. And I feel, feel like you're going to 
really not find many buyers. It's kind of just one of these mixing paradoxes where yeah. you're going to want to you're going to want to sell them for more than anyone's going to be willing to buy them for. Um, I, I kind of know with you, Frank. I think that at the end of the day, Lazard, Cobb, and Christian Watson, when he gets healthy, Robert Tanyan, or Aaron Jones, they're all going to be the major parts of this offense. I understand Romeo Dobbs has looked good, and and I have a few shares of him in a few leagues. But I just think that this is a team where led by Aaron Rodgers that likes to throw the ball to guys he trusts and he trusts mm-hmm. Lazard. He definitely trusts Randall Cobb. So there's not much left. He trusts Tanyan. He, we've seen that Tanyan had a you yeah. know double digit touchdown season two years ago. So I just think there's not much to go around in this offense. I think it's going to be filled up with a lot of Lazard, a lot of Cobb, a lot of Tanyan and the running backs in this, in this offense and Dobbs and even Christian Watson to an extent are might be left out. I I kind of feel the same about Dobbs. I'm I'm not going to fully buy into it. Like if you tell me I can get I don't know in the 2023 draft what's his value? Like a mid third, let's say like 305, 306. You're just not selling him for a third. Huh? What's the point of selling Dobbs for a third right now? I would do it. And you would do it? I, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for a second or I will just I, I would hope for like a late okay. second. I'd be like if someone wants to give a 2025 20, late second from like a contender or like a 24 late second. Obviously, the 23 one I'm figuring is not going to be sent to you. Uh, I am I like Dobbs, but I just think once Watson's back fully running, I don't know how much longer Rodgers can be there. I think all these other guys like Lazard, like it, it takes a bit for – Rodgers should get like used to rookie receivers. Like even as someone as good as Devontae Adams, he was still behind like Jordan Nelson and those guys for like the first two years of his career until Rodgers like really got chemistry with him. Um, so, eh, like, what about you, Jake? What, are you taking like a twenty-three mid third for Dobbs, or would you want it to be like it has to be like three hundred one, three hundred two, or just the late second, like Frank said? Dobbs is just a, like it doesn't feel worth it. Like you probably just spent a mid to late third on them. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, if you t- if you told someone lucky, like, like if you told someone entering listen, your rookie draft this year, if you could swap your like mid to late third this year for a mid third next year, you're taking it. Yeah, no, I agree. No, I'm taking the upside swing, or I'm getting a second. Okay, yeah, what, right. I'm, I'm just, trading up three picks. In in a better, stronger yeah, draft I, th- I think, yeah, the argument is it's a stronger draft. You move up a few picks in, in, in the third round, but I'm with you, Frank. I think I'd rather hold firm until I get a second or just ride out the hype. Hopefully pans out. If not, it's a third year or a fourth year. The real question is, um, because this is something that I'm just now pondering, is he worth mass offering for any second or is the, yes. like, once again, are we, are we holding for upside? If I can no. get any second over uh, the next three years, I'll take it for Dobbs. Yeah. Because this this is a dude that if you want to sell on rookie hype, I mean, I actually think that could get done in some leagues. If you mass offered him for a, every second round pick in existence in your league, I actually do think that trade can get done. Someone eventually. I could see it. it. Not not in the 23 draft, but like maybe a 25 second from a team that like feels pretty good and wants like maybe like a young receiver to go along with their win now players. I could see it. Um, if you could do it, I'd, I'd take that. Like, if, if it's like a top two team in the league and they're offering you a 25 second, I'd probably still take that. Um, Romeo Dobbs, he ran a 4 7, right? No, I looked it up. He ran a 4 5. 
Um, Aaron Jones or Saquon for 22? I, I think I'm taking Saquon for 22 Dynasty. Whatever. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm just a Saquon for, truther. For, yeah. for, for next season, I'll take Aaron Jones. For Dynasty, I'll take Saquon. The answer is always Saquon between those two. No, I, I agree um, with you. Saquon for Dynasty. I'm just saying next season, I'll take Aaron Jones. Sold for a second, sold for a third. I don't see Dobbs a high upside wide receiver. Better pro than fantasy. I, I could agree with that. I, I, that. I, I can totally see that coming. I, I think that's the, uh, the the concern for Dobbs is that th- this could just be an offense where like a lot of those Saints offenses from a couple years ago with Drew Brees, where it's just like this ball is spread around a lot more than people are anticipating. And a lot of people are seeing, oh, hey, this is anyone could break out, but no one really breaks out, right? Yeah. Um, it definitely could be that. All right, let's go on to some more hype. The Dolphins. I mean, I'll tell you what, that Dolphins trio right now of Tua, Waddle, and Tyreek Hill, I don't let's think go. I've heard a single negative peep in let's existence. Go. I think actually um, there's a there's another there's another aspect to the pro Tua now thing. Um, with the news that came out today that all started from Bill Belichick accidentally texting the wrong Brian which eventually led to his division rival losing a first-round pick. Uh, it's a less of a chance he gets replaced now. I don't think the Dolphins are going to be high enough I in the draft. Um, I, I don't think the Dolphins... Think of that. Yeah, no, because they had two first-round picks entering next year in like two seconds where if they felt iffy about Tua this year and didn't want to give him an extension, you could probably use those to move up for one of those QBs next draft. Now they only have uh, one first-round pick. And it's, I don't know if it's theirs or the 49ers, but I don't think either of those no, are going to be early to, enough for one of those top guys. Yeah, I'm guessing it's the Niners. Own, and the so. Niners are going to be... Do they choose? Like... I don't <laughs> think so. Yeah. I, sadly, I don't think they get to choose this one. But it, it, Can they tamper with that as well? Yeah, if they tamper. They, <laughs> they, they were just straight up hitting Brady and Sean Payton when they were with their teams, like not trying to hide it at all. Yeah, shameless. Um, what is it? But with now only first round pick, it's harder to replace Tua to be able to move up for one of those QBs. Um, okay, okay. Let's not talk about replacing the guy. The guy no, looks No, but I good. mean, that was a legitimate fear. If Tua disappointed this year, if Miami wanted to move on, they had two firsts in this upcoming draft class. I thought that was... It's the same fear with like Jalen Hurts. If Jalen Hurts doesn't move up this year, the Eagles have two firsts next year, they'll take a top QB. It, it was kind of similar with Tua. And now they only have one, I think, that kind of helps him. And obviously we Joe Herbert agrees camp. with you. Tua is the winner of the tampering penalty. He is. No, <laughs> but he yeah, is I, I think the, the talk of the town in Miami has been on these receivers. I mean, yeah, there's, I mean, um, I think this offense as a whole, I think Mike McDaniel is really what changed this offense with the dual offensive coordinators, defensive head coach combo that they had in Miami last year did absolutely nice. no favors to this offense as a whole to get an offensive-minded head coach, get some motion in this offense, take the deep shots that we've been seeing in camp, and obviously bring it in Tyreek Hill. This offense opens this offense a whole lot. So, <laughs> Dude, I, I forgot about the dual offensive coordinators. Yeah, I roasted them so hard last yeah, year with that. Dual offensive hilarious. coordinators is just ridiculous. So, oh, my God. <laughs> Honestly, I, I just think this this team is ready to take the next step. I think this offense especially is ready to take the next step if the defense is not there with them. But I'm excited for the Dolphins. I'm excited. I think we're going to see it. And if I'm wrong, I'm going to die on this hill. I don't care. But, yeah, I, I, there, there's been a ton of hype. Um, 
And it, I feel like it's one of those things where Tyree Kill's price and Jalen Waddle's price, and I feel like even Tua's price are going to stay relatively the same for for a good amount of the off season. Um, I mean, maybe Tyree goes goes up a smidge, but I I really doubt it with the with his age and and just there's always going to always going to be the perceived drop from going with the Chiefs and the yeah. the apparent best quarterback in the NFL, which I, I agree with two two in the dog it's going to be one of those you have to see it to believe it sort of a things for for the the keep trade cut price in the community to really buy in on them but i guess the question is are you buying the dolphins are you going out and buying and, and if so which one the problem is i that the receivers are going to be too expensive especially waddle waddle's going to be very very expensive he already was just being, you know, a second-year wide receiver, set the rookie receptions record, whole nine yards. I know he got Tyreek Hill on the other side. I really don't think that affects his target share too much. I mean, they lost Devontae Parker, and they had they just spread the receiver. I think it affects I really Kaseki. Yeah, it's going to affect Kaseki, but the price on both him and Tyreek Hill is very expensive. And Tyreek Hill is a guy that I'm not really looking to buy. It's very tough to go out and buy a 30-year-old wide receiver on a new team that – I know Frank just said all the red flags that are around Tyreek Hill, but that he's still you know a top 12-ish dynasty asset, dynasty asset right now. So I just think the price on them is too much. But on the other hand, Tua I think is very attainable. I think he's hanging around like QB 16, 17 in that range. And at that price, I'm I'm in. I think if you can get him for, you know, a, a first round pick, first and a second, I, I don't really think that's crazy. Um, Tyreek first Hill. and a second. I I've traded away to a for a first and a second, and I think I ended up. No, I don't think I. Tra- I was going to trade a first and a second for Zach Wilson in the second, third, and twenty league, and then um, if he wasn't there, I probably would have taken to it. So yeah, I agree. First and a second seems to be the price for Tua that I both sold and bought for, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's um, a very fair price for a guy that has as much upside as he does. It's always been a consistency thing with him and staying healthy. I think he's super It's talented. been his health. Whenever it's, it's he's played, he's, he's been good. I mean, maybe not always fantasy numbers good, but he's been a winning quarterback. And I, I just – his record as a starter is – I know QB wins a misleading stat, but like his yeah. record as a starter is phenomenal. It's pretty decent. So. Um, Maybe it's because I have one share of Tua now, but the thing that I find the most interesting about this is that I really like the reports that early offseason we saw him com- like really revamp his throwing mechanics for getting the ball out uh, with more velocity and quicker. Um, you you saw, I'm not sure if you guys saw the tweet, but there was a tweet from the the guy that he worked with that showed like from last year right after his injury through the rehab up until now. I mean, you see the difference. And as well, one of the most attractive stories that I've been hearing is that he's getting the ball out on time. He's playing really confident. And if that is actually true, then that is something that I think is extremely attractive if you have Tua or looking to purchase him, because that to me is one of those things that can really make the difference as a pocket passer. And if you're supposed to be an accurate quarterback in the league, that is not 
making money when the play breaks down or doing things off schedule. If you are going to be an on schedule passer in the league, things like when you're running a 10 yard out, right? You can't take an extra hitch and throw that. If you really want to be one of the elite quarterbacks, especially when you have the receivers that they do, because you want to give these guys enough time to get out of their break, catch the ball and still have space on the sideline to make a move and get and get more yards and potentially a touchdown. Right. The little things like that is what is going to set to apart. That's what the reports have been saying. So I guess that's all I'm going off. But if that is actually true, that is something that could be very, very, very good for Tua. Well, the other thing on top of that is apparently he's been much more willing and much more confident in his deep ball. I know everyone bashes his deep ball. I don't know why. I, he just didn't. Well, it's just it. last year they didn't throw a lot. They didn't you know, they... throw the deep ball. That's not his fault. And I think this year in camp, you're seeing him go deep and hit these, you know, speed guys on the outside in Waddle and Tyreek. And it's just going to be a thing you see multiple times a game in this offense. And it's going to really make the defense respect that and really open up a lot of the field because of it. I like where this is, this team is going. I'll say it again. I'm going to die on this hill. Dolphins offense is going to be good. They I, I still so think I'm offenses. the same on Tua, though, at the end of the day. I, I think it's still – I have to – maybe I'm a little bit higher than before. Like, I'm slightly higher. Um, but I'm I, I higher. still have him plopped around the same place I had him before, the same tier of quarterback, right? Um I'd still prefer Zach Wilson. Like, there's that tier of, like, Zach Wilson, what Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr. What has Zach Wilson shown? That, like, he really? can pull Cougs. That's what he's shown. He has a better arm. I don't think you can deny that. Does he? Does he? Yes. Zach Wilson has know. a better arm than Tua. I don't know. Um, all right, let's move on, though, to the Chiefs. Sky Moore and Juju Smith-Schuster have been all the talk in Kansas City for for fantasy purposes. Both of these guys have been playing very well in training camp. Um, I guess we can cover it right now. Sky Moore had a slight injury scare, but he posted on Instagram that he's fine, so that doesn't seem to be anything that will impact him. Um, But Sky Moore, instantly one of the biggest rookie risers as of right now. Um, A lot of people, like a lot of the beat reporters are saying, Oh, we we thought coming in that this guy maybe would take a little bit of a year to be on that level, but they're all saying no. This guy is is here. He's ready to get a lot of snaps early on, and and could be a, a very productive receiver early in his career. I mean, he's I don't get every opportunity is, to get early snaps. I just think this is nothing new. I think this is just the Kansas City beat reporters getting on a look firsthand at their new receivers. They haven't seen Juju up close. They haven't seen Sky Moore up close. They're seeing what these guys can actually do. I don't think this is a surprise to really anyone that knows Juju's game or has watched Sky Moore at, uh, in college. So, um, I mean, I've always liked Sky Moore. Uh, I came into the draft with him as my wide receiver. Five? I forgot, but I was like pretty high on him. Um, very high on him. I think he's going to be super productive, and I think he's worth... I don't know where he's going exactly now in rookie drafts. I think it's fair if you want to draft him in the six to eight range. Um, the thing, here's my interesting thing with this whole aspect, because I think both are going to have pretty good years. What's the chance that Sky Moore ends up as the Chiefs' best uh, fantasy receiver his rookie year over Juju? 50-50. What odds do you give him? You think it's 50-50? I, don't I, think feel, it's I feel like crazy. right now a lot of people are assuming it's Juju. 
I mean, I maybe 60-40 Juju just because he's got the experience on him. Mm-hmm. I mean, the best receiving option on this team is clearly Travis Kelsey, and it will continue that's, to be that's Travis why Kelsey I say receiver. Un, un, yeah. until proven otherwise. Um, but between the two of them, I think it's pretty close. I mean, I like Juju. I think he's been underrated in Pittsburgh. I think you're going to actually get a, to see him be the number one, you know, receiving option or 1A, 1B with this guy more. So I think both are in line for a pretty big year. I think I the, the reason why I really like Juju is A, what Jake just said, right? The guy has proven he can be productive. And B, from what we've seen out of these clips from training camp and what we saw what he was able to do 2018 with Ben Roethlisberger, when he has a quarterback that is good at extending plays and can really stretch the ball down the field and isn't on an offense where they have to run, they're only running RPOs and, and small dump-offs and play actions and using them in the slot, this guy can be sneaky, dangerous downhill and downfield. And if he brings that element of his game back in Kansas City, we are talking about a dude that has some of the most underpriced upside in Dynasty. Not that it's completely underpriced. He's going to be more expensive than that keep trade cut price says. But fact of the matter is, is that if I really wanted Juju, and it's almost the, the one-year contract that's turning me off from actually doing this. If I have a 2023 first, I can trade that 2023 first and get Juju Plus in every league. There is no person who's turning that down. Okay, maybe Juju's mom will, but that's it. That's true. You're not wrong. Um, I just I think mean, people, people are kind of lower on him because the, the Chiefs offense is kind of always just carried two of the receivers with one of them being Travis Kelsey. And I think Travis Kelsey is still a lock to be in that top two. But he'll be number one this upcoming year. Yeah, but who, the uh, Michael Hardwood's the number three. Byron fucking Pringle. Like, yes, no, no. Not, now now they have this. This is, this is the best number two they've had since Mahomes has been there in terms of uh, Sky Moore versus Juju. Because uh, normally it's just Tyree Kill and a bunch of like scrubs. But it's... I mean, Mahomes would be the one to support three like that. But I think people are hesitant because... Of the Sky Moore hype. Like, oh, Sky Moore is going to take that number one spot by, like, week six or seven. Here's the thing. Here, here's the, the, the one thing and the one way I see it. Last year, Debo Samuel was at a pretty darn similar price to Juju. And what was the reason? Injury. That's it. To me, it's the same thing with Juju. The situation is better. He's in a better offense, but because he was injured the past couple, I don't think he has the same upside that Debo does. Like, I'm not coming out here and claiming that he's going to be all of a sudden become half running back and start putting up 18 points per game. But everyone agrees that he's underpriced at his current price. He has these couple of little issues that make him slightly too unattractive to really throw out and get. But I feel like if you buy him at this price, there are, there are way more cases where you look back on the deal and say, man, I got a really good receiver at a good price, then fuck, I shouldn't have done that. That's a fair point. I, I, I do kind of like that concept of, obviously I don't think it'll be as good as Debo, but like people are kind of too low on him and he's going to have a bounce back year and everyone's going to remember, oh yeah, he was like a beast his first two years in the NFL. Um Man, it's hard to tell. I just really like Sky Moore. It'll be interesting to see. I'm really fascinated to see how both of them kind of work out in that offense. 
What's going on, Nicholas J? I got Sky in one dynasty and Pickens in the other. Lucky man. You're, you're mm. having a good offseason right now. Um, all right, let's go on to the Tennessee Titans. Um, this is almost like the third and 20 podcast versus Joe Herbert here <laughs> with Traylon versus Kyle Phillips. But as of right now, Tannehill just talked up both of them, saying that Traylon's got a really nice catch radius. There's a couple clips from Traylon making some really nice catches. And Kyle Phillips is also getting some hype. He looks like he's a shoe in to be the starter in the slot receiver role for the Tennessee Titans this year. Yeah. We have seen that role in this offense be kind of sneaky productive with a guy like, um, who's that white dude? Humphreys, was it, right? Humphreys, am I getting that wrong? He went to Washington after. I mean, he wasn't crazy productive, but there's a good chance that a guy like Kyle Phillips just might be more talented than him. Um but both of these guys are getting talked up by Tano, the, the, the Tennessee rookie receivers. So I think we're all pretty high on Traylon. We weren't going to take any of the bait early in the offseason with the asthma or or any of that. But Kyle Phillips, are you guys higher on Kyle, Phillip, Kyle Phillips or you you just don't care? The, 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 in the Tennessee offense, like I still like Traylon Burks a lot. Um, I'm forgetting off the top of my head the other receiver <laughs> they brought in. Walt Dog one two three four. Ten is tanking. No need to talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> out of the emoji. Out of the emoji. <laughs> oh man. Um, I was. <laughs> I was gonna say, it's hard. Who's the veteran receiver they signed uh, besides Traylon Burks? Robert Woods. Him? Robert Woods. In the heavy run first offense, like when you already got Robert Woods and Traylon Burks is going to be the receiver, num number one receiver for years to come, it's hard for me to kind of buy into Kyle Phillips hype unless they have like a whole offensive identity change maybe a year or two from now if like they decide to move on from Tannehill. Um, but as long as like the offense is how it is now with Tannehill and Derrick Henry, the number three receiver isn't really going to see much at all, if anything. The number two really doesn't see much either. Uh, so Kyle Phillips been kind of off on, but I still like Traylon Burks. I think he's being underrated. Like we talked about it a couple weeks ago when he fell to like wide receiver 29. I thought that was pretty crazy. Like I'm not the highest on him, but I think that's just way too low. Uh, so I still like Traylon. I don't care about any of like the asthma, like paranoia, all that. Um, I think he's going to be good. Uh, but Kyle Phillips, I'm, I'm not buying that hype. Do you agree, Jake? Just not buying into it? Yeah. Maybe he's a once in a blue moon flex play. It's just that they're they're not going to support enough receivers receivers in this offense. Um, can't decide on my startup. Either get Hunter Henry as my second tight end, draft KJ Osborne as wide receiver six, or do I go with a running back since I only have three? Um, round fifteen. What's your league settings? That's the that's the kicker right there. Um, all right, Nico Collins going into Houston. Nico Collins is balling. Brandon Cooks is impossible to cover. Uh, we did say, I think it was last episode or maybe the market segment, that Nico Collins was going to see a little bit of a bump because of no John Mechie. Um, I mean, Jake, you're kind of the Nico Collins guy. Are, are you buying into this Nico Collins hype? Yeah, I, I like Nico Collins. I think, obviously, with Mechie going down, RIP, hope he gets better. But, uh, you know, I just... I think this offense opens up a lot for Nico Collins. You're going to see... A lot, a lot of open, sorry, a lot of targets available for him. And Brandon Cooks is obviously going to get his, but Nico Collins, it came on at the end of last season, and i just excited to see him continue to improve. 
Yeah, I, I don't really know what to think on Nico Collins. Like, I, I did like him last year. I'm probably looking to sell him more than buy him, but I don't know. Maybe he is balling. Fuck, who knows, right? And yeah, Brandon Cooks been, is Brandon People are saying Davis Mills is than I. I mean, I like Nico. I, I, I think. I think Brandon Cooks gets eventually traded. Maybe not this season, but if not next offseason, I think we'll be on a new team. Uh, Nico, I like. He will hopefully be their long-term number two. I don't think their eventual future number one is on the team yet. Uh, they'll be able to do a bunch of stuff next year's draft. Uh, I actually, you know, he might have a better season than people expect because of how often the Texans are going to be playing behind teams on some like like baby Allen Robinson on the Jags type of stuff like from a couple years ago. Like him and Brandon Cooks, I could see just piling up receiving yards in the fourth quarter when the Texans are down like two or three scores. So I think that's the sneaky upside here. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've always just, I've liked Nico Collins. I don't think he's anything special, but I like him. Um, t- Superflex 12 team PPR start three, uh, three wide receiver, two running back, one quarterback, one Superflex, one tight end. Um, I mean, you're round 15 in a 12 team league. Um, I feel like there's good players around round 15. If you, what what was the question originally? Like, who should he take, or like? Um, yeah, is... he said he can't decide. I, he, his suggestions were Hunter Henry, KJ Osborne, or like Haskins or Ronald Jones. Um, with that tier of guys, I would see maybe um, Dale Henderson's there. I mean, I don't know how many other running backs are there at that point. If you're at the Ronald Jones tier, if Ronald Jones is at the top of the running back list, if Henderson's underneath him, I kind of like Henderson. Uh, I'd be looking at the receivers. If you could list some more of the receivers that you think are going to be around there, I'd probably look in that direction. Or like kind of the sleeper tight ends, like if Tanyan has fallen, uh, I think he could be a nice pick that late in the uh, draft. I mean, are there not guys like Tyquan Thornton and Romeo Dobbs available there? If Tyquan Thornton's there, that's the easy pick. Just because I think right now, like... I mean, even guys... Even guys like Tyler Boyd and Curtis Samuel, Nico Collins, who we just talked about. I feel like those are a lot of guys. Josh Palmer. Josh Palmer is another one I really like. Like there's a bunch of guys in that 15th, 14th, 15th, 16th round that you can actually get like solid flex plays out of. And I think like going after, you know, handcuff running backs is, is not the way I would approach that. Now, what about, I'm assuming that like Wandale is gone. And like Jalen Tolbert, I'm assuming that those guys are off the board. Because I, to me, in round 15, like I'm just going to draft a guy that I feel like I can comfortably trade for a second. Not that I'm actually going to trade him for a second, but it's like if, if you, it, the problem with me with picking up some of those running backs or like a Hunter or Henry or something is that you're immediately investing in a player that is going to be annoying as nuts to trade. Or like, if you want to, let's say you have an injury, like you said, oh, I only have three running backs. Well, I just want to take a guy that has enough value and enough upside so that if he pans out, I get a nasty player in the 15th round. Or I can trade him for a second and then trade a second into a running back or trade him for a running back, right? Like, Yeah, 15th round, I'm not really looking at like, oh, I need this position. Let me draft my favorite guy at that position. 15th round, I'm just looking for guys with most value. Even if you're more loaded at that cool it's a trade piece um or one of your other guys becomes a trade piece and that guy moves up in the pecking order i, I don't think hunter henry's a bad pick though it's just if it's not tight premium, then 
Oh, it's, it's a little bit premium. less attractive because I think tight end premium, he gains a serious value jump with his limited amount of target. Not limited, but like he's not going to be one of those dudes bagging 120 targets. Um, Joe Herbert, B reporters say Thornton will need to make paths to the special teams gunner. Uh, he's going to make the team. They they just spent a second round pick on him uh, and the receiving core is not very good. He's going to get every opportunity in the world to be the starting outside receiver. I'm sure he'll. I, he'll I think it was. I think it was a joke, Lewis. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> Let's say. Okay. <laughs> that that one whooshed me as well. All right, run through some of this last hype. Jahan Dotson. I mean, just continuing the hype from OTA. That wide receiver two spot. Yep. Um, Allen Robinson. The coaching staff has really been raving about him. Could What's see that Odell like? type production as the wide receiver What's, two in the offense. I, I gotta, I gotta like. see it first. I gotta see it first. I think Odell last season was more talented than Allen Robinson this season. Sure, but I think it's more the system. Like you're gonna put a guy that's had thousand yards and I think he'll be all right. and double touchdown seasons before in this offense with Cooper Cup on the other side. He's gonna see a lot of single coverage, and that's sure. something that he's not seen in a long, long time being on the Bears. So I mean, if Teams were smart. They put the double coverage on Mooney by the end of last season with how Allen Robinson played. Hey, listen, <laughs> I think I, Robinson's a bit. Robinson's going to have a good season here with Matt Stafford. Yeah, he'll have a bounce back year. I don't think it'll be amazing, but he'll have a bounce back year. Yeah, Nicholas. I don't. I don't think if you like Hunter Henry, I think that's a pretty decent pick as, a, pick as a contending team. I mean, your team looks pretty decent. I I do agree with Skull. I'd be looking for a running back, but I feel like if you sure up that last tight end spot, then you can spend the rest of your draft picking up the handcuff running backs. And then you're pretty much chilling at receiver, quarterback, tight end at that point. And then you just have a slew of handcuffs. Question, are any of those like tier two running back, rookie running backs there? Like the guys like Zamir White? Yeah, no, they should. I'd be looking that way. I I think that's interesting. You can get Damien Pierce or something, or Zamir White. Oh, I, all right. So yeah, last, last bit of hype. I mean, there's plenty of other guys that have gotten hype. We're just running short on time here. Yeah. Isaiah McKenzie and Khalil Shakir making real nice use out of Jamison Crowder's absence slash slow return to training camp here. The, Is the, this just big season or do you actually like either of these guys uh Khalil Shakur we'll see he was a rookie uh he's a rookie entering this year so I want to see McKenzie like he'll have that one occasional play where he breaks free deep and Josh Allen just makes a ridiculous play I like Gabriel Davis as a wide receiver too but outside of Diggs like fantasy not even just for the receivers but the tight ends and how the running backs are going to shake up Buffalo's impossible to predict because Josh Allen does so much of it and like Stefan Diggs has like a ridiculous target share um and I think Davis is the one who's like kind of benefiting off uh, the coverage uh, Diggs gets. Those other guys, like if you're asking me if I'm putting real stock into them, like am I going out and buying Isaiah McKenzie? No, I'm not. Uh, do I like Khalil Shur- uh, I cannot pronounce his last name. Khalil Shakur. Um, I, I'm struggling. I can. I cannot pronounce names. Uh, it took you five times and you still got it wrong. I'm just going to say Khalil. <laughs> Khalil S. Um, I like as a late round rookie pick. Uh, so if, if I have him, I'm just keeping him if I draft him late round. But I'm not buying McKenzie. Uh, it's hard for me to buy that hype. All right. I am not buying any of Khalil Shakir. I think Khalil Shakir is a massive bait. I think he's the exact type of dude to look good in training camp. He can really make some flashy catches. We saw it at Boise State. 
But I just, once again, uh, this is the reason I didn't like him coming out of the draft. He's got great stats. He has the flashy plays. But I am not going to believe in a guy that can't separate in the slot and I think has poor route running. I, and he looks slow. Um, so I'm not surprised that he's having a good camp so far. But I think when push comes to shove and you go up against some of these physical teams, especially with some of the DBs in that division, I don't like it. Now, Isaiah McKenzie, on the other hand, I actually low-key do like. This is probably going to be good old Frank buying into the bait garbage receiver who puts up like 500 yards and is never fantasy relevant. But I have liked what I've seen out of Isaiah McKenzie when I've watched some of the Bills games back on tape. I thought that he was a dude that was a little bit underutilized. I do agree. How does well, this guy... Like may have... Jake just said it looks, it looks like, like we may it have dipped. Lost Jake. Yeah, it looks like uh, we may have lost Jake. Um, <laughs> Hopefully, we get Jake back. Um, I, I, the thing is, I do share the concerns, right? How does he see a consistent role in the offense? Because I do think that Jameson Crowder, when push comes to shove, is a better player. Um, there are two more receivers above him, potentially plus a tight end, and now they add an actually good receiving back at James Cook, and they yep. have another decent receiving back and and Devin Singletary. It's like. I understand the concern. I'm not going to buy Isaiah McKenzie if I could pick him up for free, if I had him, sure. But I, if I were to pick one, I'd pick an Isaiah McKenzie. I'll take Khalil. S. I don't know what I think KJ Osborne could go off with more passing in the new. Yeah, we were talking about KJ Osborne earlier. Yeah. He's just another one of those dudes that it's like he. we all know he's a good player, but... We, we did just, talk about him earlier, so if you watched this episode, there was like a segment, all three of us gave our takes on him over like a five-minute stretch. Um, I like him. Uh, it obviously depends on the price to try to get him, but uh, I think Irv Smith Jr. is kind of out of it, and uh, Elon, we'll see how healthy he stays, but I like KJ Osborne. What's up, Jake? You back with us? See, uh... Yeah, no, that happens to well, me. Let me, too. I, let me, that me with the work call, uh, last I week. think one of the problems I have with Osborne compared to some of the other players is that more so now than ever, unless I'm going with a specific strategy in these startup drafts, I am drafting for value and value alone. Because if I if I need to pick up cheap points or points in general with a valuable team. That's a whole lot easier than trading for value when you have an old points team. Yeah. So, like, that, that that's where I kind of go back to. I feel like I'd rather just draft Romeo Dobbs when the draft is over or even during the draft with this pick, mass offer that player, Romeo Dobbs, or this pick for every second-round pick in your league. I am not joking. I would offer it for every single second-round pick in existence. And I feel like if you take a guy like Dobbs who's getting a lot of hype in camp, there's at least like a 60% chance, maybe not more, that it's accepted. Ask P to the R. He, I'm pretty sure he commented not too long ago that the boom trade shot works. It, it works. works. It works, man. Um, all right, so that's all the hype. We can start to get into some of the struggles now. This is where it's like really baity because we're just in the beginning of, of training camp. Steelers quarterbacks have not been looking good, apparently. Mitchell Trubisky in all of seven on seven or something, one of the periods has not thrown a touchdown pass. 
Um, Kenny Pickett wait, wait, apparently wait. in like in like one day or throughout like four or five days. Like a couple of days, he has not thrown a touchdown pass. Those stats are always iffy because, like, I've seen a play where he hit like Pickens deep, and then like Pickens would have had a path to the end zone, but they just like blew the whistle at the ten. Like it's yeah, it's in uh, one of the periods. It's in yeah, one of the periods. like I mean, I saw the report. Trubisky has a full. Um, Don't shoot the messenger, Lunas. Uh, no, listen, listen, I'm rooting I'm, for I'm, Trubisky. I'm, defend, here, I'm right? defending <laughs> your guys. I'm defending your. I, I think Trubisky. They said he. It's his starting job to lose, so he'll be the starter. And the big thing has been p- people saying Pickens has looked really bad. Pickens is a rookie quarterback going up against a very no, good... No, Pickett. Pickett. Pick I said Pickens. Pickens oh has God. looked very good. Yeah, Pickens has looked great. Pickett. Um, he's going up against a good defense. And it's like he's a rookie. I know he's like, he's not as... I don't think he's as talented as a lot of like conventional uh, first-round QBs from years past. Um, but I... I Think we just give him time. I'm I'm not really over. Well, dude, I'm it. pretty sure he's taking all these second team snaps. Dude, our second team offense is probably Awful. cheeks. Awful. I mean, we're talking about an offensive line that I'm not sure knows left from right, right? Like we're, <laughs> yeah. we're talking about some and three real left guards. Buns, right? <laughs> and we've seen that we've seen this before <laughs> where like the rookie the rookie when he's with the second team offense looks like pretty rough. And then when they go to first team, it's like, oh man, crazy how they look better. Like I remember the same thing happened with Trey Lance last tra- uh, last training camp. So um, it's way too early to judge the Steelers. The Steelers QBs. It's not like I'm really high on them. I just I'm not putting much value into this until I see them in the regular season. No, I wouldn't take Garoppolo. I I just I'm avoiding Garoppolo. Like yeah, his price could go up, but I just think that they're safer bets with your pick from some of the players that you've listed. Um, because like, what what is Garoppolo's upside? A second? Well, even that, maybe super late second. I don't really like. You that. already have you already have quarterbacks, so the whole like, oh, I need a quarterback argument doesn't really come into play. I'm just, I'm I'm staying away from Garoppolo. Where, like, where is he going to start? If it's not Seattle, the, like maybe no he really takes a backup option. job and starts next year. Like I could oh. see that, but then again, it's like I'm just. I'm not. I'm not playing that game. But next with next year is a good rookie QB class. There's gonna be. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. A team traded for Carson Wentz and no one's traded for Jimmy Garoppolo. So listen, if this was round sixteen or seventeen or maybe not even sixteen, if, if this was a couple rounds later and like it just it just makes too much sense. Yeah, I'll draft him, but I just think that there are players on the board that you could realistically sell for a second round pick. And going back to the mass offering strategy, I don't think anyone's trading a second round pick for Garoppolo. Like you're just picking a player who's trending down. Um, yeah. All right, Christian Watson or lack thereof has been struggling. I, I guess struggling. I hate to put him in this category, but he's like in between the injury slash struggling. There just hasn't really been positive news on Christian Watson, right? You know, he's yeah. one of the few rookies where the the outlook seems to be more looking more grim than positive. He hasn't gotten to play yet so there's the big asterisk there um i'm waiting yeah, he's trending down all right listen do you guys still have complete faith in him yeah well it depends what like you expect him to be but i still like him i i'm not any lower on him from this it, it's it's unfortunate that he's dealing with an injury um but i mean like we've seen rookies receivers in the situation before okay before i say the example i'm not saying he's him he would never be as good as he was um, I'm just pointing to example of injuries. They may slow you down initially, but your talent will take over. Odell missed like the first half of his rookie year. Um, yeah, it's not the same. I just said it wasn't the same. It's not. 
Odell is a significantly more talented receiver. Christian Watson will never be as good as Odell was uh, throughout like that like year stretch. But it's more so to the concept of like it sucks when it happens, but give them some time and they'll, they'll get in there. It, I, I I'd be more concerned if he was fully healthy and just super quiet. I think that would be concerning. But with the injuries, there's I don't know. I'll just give it some time. Hopefully he's able to play like the uh, like preseason weeks two through four, and we can kind of see him more. I don't know how long the injury is supposed to take. I would like to see him this preseason <laughs> as someone who defends him. But... Joe Herbert, Watson and Burks, the Bust Brothers. Oh my god! <laughs> um, all right, going on to Miles Sanders. Um, I actually saw this report in one of my dynasty leagues. Someone brought it in there, but apparently, um, Kenneth um, Gainwell has been running with the ones. It was it was one practice, and Sirianni completely shut it down. That's the tweet I put in there. He said the next day, he's like, "We just rotate backs a lot because we will use different backs." Like I expect Gainwell to be their main receiving back, and I think he'll have a role in the offense. But he said multiple times that Miles is their guy as like the main like rusher. I I'm not even just saying this is Miles Sanders. I'm saying this is an Eagles fan following all the training camp reports. Miles is going to be the guy getting the most carries when he's healthy. I think Gainwell will have a role uh, receiving back-wise, especially. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the third down back. Uh, we saw Miles Sanders have a little bit of struggles in the receiving game re- uh, since his rookie year. And I think Gainwell is a much better receiver. But if in terms of we're talking like who's going to be the guy getting like 15, 18 carries a game, it's going to be Sanders. I, think I mean, I would was- say... I would say, like, oh, Paddock on Miles Sanders, but it's like, well, what are you going to trade him for? No, you keep him at this point. Like, Miles his price Sanders is kind of already in the gutter. Yeah, Miles Sanders' price is too low. Because um, if he's healthy, he'll have a 1,000-yard season. I'm pretty confident. Uh, that. I don't know. No, if he's healthy, much. yeah. His per-game his per game rushing average, once he was, like, back from injury last year, like the last six games of the season, was, like, well over a 1,000. Uh, they have the best. You can argue the Eagles have the best soul line in football. They're going to be a run-heavy team. Um, if Miles Sanders plays at least 13, 14 games, I, I'd bet money on him uh, surpassing 1,000 yards. Uh, but I do think Gainwell will have a role as a receiver in this offense, and that's kind of a change of pace. I think the big thing with Gainwell is, because we've seen Sanders have his injury issues before, is like last season is being for sure lock that number two guy and not having like the guys like Jordan Howard, Boston Scott kind of end up like if Sanders gets hurt or like when they cycle them in and out, um, him kind of be lower on the pecking order. Cause I think if that's the case, he can have like a real impact this season and like legit value because they're not going to use a workhorse back. Like they might give Sanders 16, 17 carries a game. They're going to be other running backs that get like eight to 10 as well. Uh, and then that's just carries, never mind the catches Gainwell may get. And it's looking like it's trending in that direction. Uh, he's been getting reps over Boston Scott and Jordan Howard's no longer on the team. Uh, so I think Gainwell can have a pretty good season because uh, I think that's the big thing for him, like being the definitive number two behind Miles Sanders for both rushing and receiving. And I think he could be successful. That's my Eagles insight because I've followed too many Eagles B reporters. Um, all right, Mike Gusecki apparently blocking more. Didn't see a single pass in training camp uh, Not like a couple days ago. Well, that's what we were kind of getting at with the Dolphins earlier where uh, there's a, a ton of hype with these receivers, but what's going to happen to a guy like Mike Gusecki? Listen, I think Mike Gusecki's a good receiver. Um, 
like they haven't I, given I wanna, him that extension either. I right? want to be I want to be in on him because I feel like this could be a buy low scenario, but. I, don't I, think... I just think I'm out. I, I just I want to sell at the price that he's at at keep trade cut if I can get it. So if if I have him, I might sell now. Where I think it's interesting, because uh, correct me if I'm wrong, they have not given him the extension, right? And this is the last year of his deal. He's okay, on. He's correct. playing on the tag this year. Yeah, I like Iseki on another team way more, and I actually may look to buy him towards like the end of the regular season or next off before free agency. Because I think he's not going to have a good year. I think this is an offense that's going to be looking to try to get the ball on Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill's hands like eight times a game each. I, I think that's going to be their minimum. Goal. Minimum, yeah. Like they're they're going to be the guys who are just an insane amount of targets each. So that kind of leaves Kaseki on the outside. And I, but the thing is, I believe in his talent. So I think he's going to end up on a different team uh, after this season. And at that point, I'll buy low on him. But for right now, yeah, I'm out on Gusecki for next season. It's going to be all Tyreek and Waddle. Uh, yeah. I think I think his target share goes down slightly from what we've seen in the past just because, you know, he was clearly the number two option last year behind only Jalen Waddle. Now he's clearly the number three. So I think his target share goes down a little bit. Uh, I still think he has a solid year. I still, obviously, he's. I think he's in that wasteland of tight ends where we're just like, he'll have his good weeks, he'll have his bad weeks, and end up somewhere around tight end ten to fifteen, and just be, you know, a, a low end tight end one flex play, whatever you want to call it, just a wasteland tight end that we've seen that's very touchdown dependent. Um, but overall, I don't think this report has any effect on on Gusecki's value. All right. Um, Kenny Galladay, another guy that we kind of touched on earlier that we, we all seem to be like, I guess, souring on a little bit. There was that report that was like, <laughs> Oh, this is looking like one of the worst signings, right? Like, a, Oh no. The past the contract couple off is seasons. Yeah. Um, uh, if you have Galladay as, as someone, I have Galladay in my main league. I think it's just, it's already so low. You might as well just try to keep him. Yeah, like, that you can't do I mean, anything I'm, I'm at not, this point. Like yeah, you'd like, be selling for a late third, if that, at this point. It's yeah, just like he's I, a 20, I, 28, 29 year old wide receiver that's coming off a horrible year, and the team's just spent back to back first and second round picks on wide receivers. It's not looking good. Uh, yeah, no. At this point, I'm keeping Galladay if I have him. I don't feel good if you have him in your starting lineup. Uh, I guess maybe if there's like two flexes, I don't know. Uh, just counting on like Wandell taking some time to get um, fully into the offense as a rookie. I'd keep him and then just try to sell him later on because I do think he'll have some weeks where he plays pretty well. Like it's it, it's still Kenny Galladay. Like he's not like someone who's never had good seasons. If he's fully healthy, I still think he's a talented receiver. Um, so at this point, like you can't sell him. If you want to buy him as a contender, if you can get him for like that mid to late third as like someone who's like, can be a plug-in flex play on guys if like some of your starters are injured, if they have bye weeks. I, I kind of like that idea, sending like a late third to try to just pick him up as another bench piece uh, if you're a contender. Uh, but if I have him, I'm not selling him at this new low. It's it's way too low for someone who's I get like has shown talent like he has before. Um, so I'll just wait. I, I just think he needs to get out of New York. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. This is the type of he needs to have an Odell. Let's go to the Rams on a sick passing offense. Then then he'll be good again. Um, I guess lastly, this one's a little bit of a speculative one. Chris Olave apparently the other day 
uh, was just like over five on all of his targets, especially with Michael Thomas seeming to be in full strength. I, I guess like if we're going to look at any of the rookie players, like it's Kenny Pickett, Watson and Olave, it seems to me as if like any of the, the top rookies that would be trending down, but it's, it's a speculative trending down 100%. Yeah, I got nothing uh, on that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he's gonna he's gonna be involved. I don't know how much as a rookie, but he'll be involved. No, it's um, with with rookie reports. Do not put too much context into it. Like we've seen the past two years. I mean, obviously before his Achilles tear, but like Cam Akers can't start with only against Malcolm Brown. Doesn't know how to pass protect. Last year, Justin Jefferson, the, the wide receiver three on the offense. Jamar Chase can't catch like anything. Like. With these like elite rookies, if it's someone who's like not that talented, sure. But if you know someone's like extremely talented, and Olave is a first round talent, he was drafted in the first half of the first round. I'm not putting too much stock into it this early. It's it's too overreactionary. Yeah, I agree. All right, uh, real quick, I want to run through some of the potential low key free agent signings that seem to be getting some some camp hype that you can probably pick up in your leagues. Um, yep. first is Michael Woods for the Browns. This guy, Nick Carnes, just another day of camp and another day of Michael Woods shining. This is a trend. It's time to take note. Um, apparently Michael Woods has been having a pretty good training camp and, in um, a situation where Amari Cooper, I don't think was practicing. David Bell has been on the PUP. So there's been an opportunity for a potential wide receiver three, um, Maybe there's a chance that he could take over Donovan Peoples-Jones and um, and uh, Anthony Schwartz for that wide receiver three spot on this team, and you could probably pick him up for free. So first guy that uh, you should probably have on your radar, especially if you have some open roster spots. The second one that I have listed here is um, Dennis Houston. Uh, one of the reporters asked C.D. Lamb who the rookie wide receivers to him that stood out the most, and he said that Houston was one of them alongside Jalen Tolbert. He said he's smooth in and out of breaks. His releases are A1. So especially with the injury to James Washington that we might touch on quickly later, we're running out of time here. Dennis Houston is a guy that definitely has some upside, has an opportunity in Dallas, especially if they don't sign another receiver will probably can be competing with guys like Simi Fajoko, Noah Brown, and uh, some of the other back-end guys for potentially a, a wide receiver three spot to start the season if Gallup can't play early. So he's another dude that yeah. could be a sneaky little addition to your team if you need to receive. These are all receivers, by the way. Um, so another dude, Kel Kevin Knight. He's a Falcoholic Kevin on Twitter. On another note, I think UDFA receivers Stanley Berryhill Jr. and Jared Bernhardt are starting to separate themselves from the pack in terms of practice squad contenders. Uh, Berryhill has been the best receiver, and the team loves Bernhardt off the field. So just two more guys that you might want to keep on your radar, especially like this is another team that has an open shot for a even like a wide receiver two spot. As of right now, I think a lot of people think it's going to be Brian Edwards, but we've seen what happens with Brian Edwards every season. So Two more guys. I wouldn't necessarily pick out of these guys up right now. Not, not yet. I, I need yeah, to see. If the hype continues. It's it's open because they're competing against it's Brian Edwards and Auden Tate. Uh, 
Entity. Maybe like a little bit of of Cordero Patterson in there. Yeah, uh, yeah. I wouldn't the roster and... either of those guys, but it's it's a worth... no, yeah, but just keep your eye on it. Yeah. Um, and then a couple guys that I actually like, and I've added these guys already in some leagues. Um, Reggie Robertson for the Titans. He's a dude that I I liked a couple years ago coming out. He had a couple injuries at SMU. A deep threat receiver on the Titans. I, I like his talent, Reggie Robertson. He's a dude that, uh, like I said, I picked him up right after the draft for free in a couple leagues. And um, I actually do think if you have a roster spot open, he's a good player to roster, especially because it's the type of dude, if you don't see anything the first couple weeks or even towards the end of camp or anything, okay, you have a liquid roster spot. If not, okay, you, you potentially have a receiver in an open receiver room, right? Uh, especially if there's an injury. Another guy that's interesting, Ashton Doolin from the Colts, a guy that they took in the late rounds a couple years ago. Really athletic receiver, played at a small school, I'm pretty sure. Um, started to get a little bit of time last year and is definitely in the the competition, the conversation for being a wide receiver two, wide receiver three for Indy. Was getting hyped up a little bit. Uh, once again, kind of like a similar level to Reggie Robertson. If you want to pick him up and you have a back end roster spot that you want to be a little liquid go ahead but definitely not a must add and this is another guy i found really interesting cj saunders on the panthers he's a converted corner to wide receiver a year or two ago and apparently he's been lining up with the ones in the slot for carolina another team that really has an open receiving core right i mean the panthers probably have one of the most wide open receiver competitions in the league uh, I mean, we're, we're talking about you have DJ Moore, and then after that, what? You have, uh, uh, what's his name? The dude from Temple. Um, oh, uh, Robbie uh, Anderson. Uh, yeah, Robbie, Robbie Anderson was thinking about Dan retiring earlier in the season. <laughs> um, and then who? The Shy Smith, who was arrested earlier in the uh, offseason. Okay, Terrace right? Marshall. Like, Terrace, yeah, Terrace Marshall. Marshall. Like, what's your team's guy? And I mean, we're talking about a guy like this slot role on the team is like you tell Wide me. Open. Yeah, Wide who, who is it? So th- this is a this is the type of player that once again a speculative ad. It's for free. There's probably better waiver pickups, but um, if you're I do like adding these guys. Extra sometimes. spots on your roster. That's kind of the situation this is more aimed for. Um, but yeah. But yeah, these these are really dart throwy type players. Keep a roster spot liquid that could pan out potentially. But I just felt like early potential UDFA back end receivers that you may want to keep your eyes on. I think a lot of the 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 quarterbacks, running backs, and tight ends are already basically all known mm-hmm. about as of mm-hmm. right now. So um, just some guys to keep your eyes on. And then injuries. Um, Lavisca Chanel got hurt. Doesn't seem serious. Najee, same thing, hurt, but he was like back in practice, just not like full practicing. Um, Tim Patrick one sucks. Yeah, well, real quick, Van Jefferson is going to have minor knee surgery, looks to be back for week one. Irv Smith is a, fu- a thumb injury, also looking to be back for week one. Then we have three actual injuries. Tim Patrick, torn ACL, out for the season. Sucks for him, was a shoe-in probably for the wide receiver three spot, a guy that's been pretty productive, especially against man coverage. I guess the big winner from that has got to be... Um, KJ Hamler. Yeah, KJ Hamler out of Penn State. Is it KJ right? Hamler or Alberto? 
No, it's I lean Hamler, but I saw some people saying Alberto. I I think it's Hamler. I mean, this is a dude that we saw was relatively productive with limited targets last year. He is coming off an injury, but definitely has an has an, I, an yeah, opportunity. I, I think he still has upside. Um, I mean. And yeah, it's it's not the craziest upside. It's not the craziest player, but let's also not act like Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton are necessarily guaranteed to have major success. If one of these dudes ends up only being like an 850-yard guy, well, that opens up another door for Hamler to be a, a potential flex production. Yeah, I think yeah. Judy and Sutton are both very talented. I think my more so issue with them is they've never shown – both each to be like reliable to stay fully healthy uh for a 17 game season and so i think that opens things up uh we'll see how both of them look next year i mostly feel bad for tim patrick because i thought he was gonna have a like a surprisingly good year this year uh with russell wilson but uh i'm excited for kj hamler um what are you is he is he reached like bottom second value i, I would send any no. third for hamler i think he's still a third i'll, I'll send a third for hamler easily um i like him he started to look okay last year until he got injured, uh, so we'll see. And those are most of the main. Oh, no, there's still. Uh, yeah, there's a couple. James Washington got hurt. It does look relatively serious. Just kind of. I believe it was a broken foot, I want to say. Yeah, he broke his foot. If so... anything, it just further opens up the Dallas receiver room that, that with, with the injury to Gallup already and the fact that a lot of people are saying that. um. Man, I can't I can't remember any names right now. What's that? Jalen Tolbert was going to be the shoe in for the wide receiver two spot as a rookie. It's like it's just wide open. Yeah, the, these back end spots. And then lastly, Quintez Cephas looks like he had. I think he was carted off the field a potentially major injury. Yeah, I mean, I didn't expect much from Cephas this year. They added a bunch of offensive weapons. Offensive got healthy. Yeah. This. He was going to be a depth receiver for them at best, so this mm-hmm. isn't a big fantasy news. I was, yeah, I was going to say, he was shooting at the wide receiver four once they added Chark, uh, Amon Ra there, and Jamison Williams. Yeah. Um, thoughts on Paris Campbell? I sold a week and- too early in the fucking stock market thing. Now that I, I sold him thinking like, oh, he's going to get hype. I sell him after a week, and then this week they're all like, yo, it's finally the Campbell <laughs> breakout time. So I, I am annoyed at it. I've seen it all over online. Um, well, he's always talented. I just, he can never stay healthy for shit. Uh, and they drafted Alec Pierce. So let that give you the measure of how much faith the Colts have in him to stay healthy. Uh, but I mean, good for him. Like, I'm rooting for him. If he stays healthy, I think it'll be interesting. But it's going to be a run first offense uh, with an easy number one and Alec Pierce there, who I think Alec Pierce will take over that wide receiver two spot over him. Uh, so I'm not I'm not going out and buying him. If anything, I think this is the opportunity to resell him for actually some value when he's been at like none for the past year. All right, I mean we have some other news. You guys just want to go one take speed run this? Yeah. Oh, let me add this Cam Akers one, buddy. Ooh. All right, Alvin Kamara hearing postponed again. Looks like suspension won't happen this season. Who wants it? Uh, see you, Kamara's your guy. Um. Yeah, I think that this is definitely a value bump for Kamara. Um, I think one of the big concerns was that he, you know, it's not guaranteed he won't be suspended, right? Especially with the video. If that thing does leak, it, it could go really haywire. But yeah, um, I think it's got to be a little bit of a boost for Kamara. Was priced as a high end RB two, and if he's still priced like that, I'd buy him. Um, 
but that we're talking about a dude that could easily be the RB1 overall, right? Um, teams keeping tabs on Will Fuller, but expect him to sign later in the preseason. It's going to be when an injury happens. It's going to be when a team loses like a one or two receiver. And exactly what running. I was going to say. Um, Rams backfield trending towards split carries. McVay, quote, we have two starting caliber backs, then went on to say that the the run game needed to improve, but Lunas, go ahead and victory lap this one, bud. Thank you. Thank you. I was the only person who said Daryl Henderson was underrated at like RB2000. Um, I got to see it to believe it with Akers, man. And uh, I don't know. He could have came out and said Akers is a starter, but we like to rotate guys here and there. He said we got two starting running backs. I think Akers will get the majority of the carries. Uh, would I be shocked if it ended up like a 60-40 situation or a 65-35? I, I kind of think that's going to be the case. Um, Henderson's a better receiving back. Akers is the better pure rusher, but we'll see how he is off the Achilles tear. Um, how do you guys feel? I mean, you guys were the ones who liked Akers. No, it's one day. take. It's one take. One take, yeah. All um, I'm saying is buy low on Henderson. Elijah Mitchell apparently bulks up 10 pounds. A lot of people are saying from, from 49ers camp that he is still the guy to be the RB1 of this offense. No, it's Shanahan's offense. They're going to use five running backs this season. Don't don't trust it? Don't trust it. I think he's the guy that's going to be the given the first shot, as we saw last year. I think he's earned that. But they have Jeff Wilson, Tyrion Davis-Price, a whole other slew of guys that are going to get touches there. It's Shanahan. He uses a million running backs. And lastly, one of the more interesting topics I've seen conflicting reports on this, but I saw one guy say that the Chiefs' backfield rotation is set in stone with CEH as the one, McKinnon as the two, and the rest of the guys, Pacheco, Jones, and Gore, all rotating in with the threes. But I also saw a guy saying that Pacheco has been rotating in, Isaiah Pacheco out of Rutgers, been rotating in with the ones and getting slot work. Um... I guess what's the take with this backfield? Is CEH just 100% the guy? Do we believe in Pacheco? Are we buying these dudes? What the fuck is I, going on in Kansas City? I, I do not believe in Pacheco. Um, I, I think McKinnon, Jones, and of course CEH are better. I, I think CEH is going to have a bounce back season. I think a couple other guys have said that too on this pod. I don't remember exactly who did. Um, but yeah, no, I'm just a CEH believer. Pacheco, I'm not buying into because i think mckinnon's a better receiver ronald jones is a better rusher and ceh is better at both so yeah i um, also agree that i think that ceh is is the rb1 in this backfield but yeah. jake are you buying any of these other dudes not named ceh i'm taking whoever is the starting running back on the chiefs i think that ceh's job when healthy as long as he's healthy it's ceh yeah. is the only running back i'd really want on this team all right. Well, with you. With that being said, that's it for season three, episode one. That's a little bit weird to say. I know, but that just means week one's getting closer. But so, yeah, thank you guys end. so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Um, hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. We really appreciate it. it really helps us out. Uh, thank you guys all for tuning in. We really appreciate that as well. Um, good luck in your dynasty leagues in these crazy times and we pray that your players do not get hurt because we know we know there's going to be a big injury oh, coming yeah we know it's you, coming lucas lost to his two young running backs in like one week of training camp last year etn and dobbins uh, it's it's scary
And it's even more scary because I keep joining more Dynasty League, so I just get <laughs> yeah. more exposure it's to a it. Higher chance <laughs> to get fucked over. Yeah, my my percent of chance of getting boned before the season is just dramatically <laughs> exponentially <increased. laughs> grown. <laughs> yeah, but thank you guys so much for tuning in. Season three, episode one of the books. Peace out. Thank you guys. See you guys.